0: From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to The Worthless Servants Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome back to The Worthless Servants Podcast. We are eager to talk with you again. Hope you are well if you are listening to this. And to my right, I have AJ Fry. Hey guys. Then across from us, Emily Armstrong. Hey everyone. Natalie Franco. Hello. Hello. And to my left, Chelsea Fry.
2: Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact, four babies are born every second.
0: Oh,
1: mm.
0: wow, that has increased. That is increased. Okay. That is increased. last time you I heard. This la, yes, before. I did. <laughs> last time I heard that statistic, it was a baby was born every, every second. second. What?
2: Oh, wow. wow. So if well, you do population. the math, that means there are approximately 250 births each minute. 15,000 each hour, 360,000 each day. In a full year, there are 131.4 million babies.
0: Wow. That is but, ridiculous. There's
3: actually <laughs> a website that used yeah. to have a counter going that you could see how fast people were being born, babies yeah. were being born. I'm sure it still exists, but now it's probably like flying. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, I thought gosh. it was like one a second too. So four a second,
0: world population has exploded. But apparently. if you think about that, in a year, What was it? A billion?
2: No. A million? Hundred and thirty one point four million.
0: Something million in a year. (laughs) Something (laughs) billion.
2: And then thank you, AG. (laughs) And then in
0: at least fifteen years, that that million is going to be added to the number of people that are having babies.
3: Yeah.
0: Or at least half of that.
3: Yeah. More babies are born than people that die. Yeah. Yep, for sure. That's that's why we're growing as a
2: global population.
1: That just blows my mind. (laughs) From a spiritual standpoint, that's a lot of people that probably don't know the Lord. Mm. And I don't mean to over-spiritualize anything. You would. I would, yeah. (laughs) But when we talk about kind of stats like that in our cross-cultural orientation or in the United States, it's known as Explore Now. Yeah, that's kind of important. There's a lot of people constantly. Our work will never be done. Let's put it that way. In
2: fact, I know it's over three billion people that have no contact with the gospel. Did
1: you learn that on a podcast? (laughs) I might have. (laughs) have. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we are going to continue our previous episode, and that was based on an article that's called The 14-Point Checkup for Mistakes That Will Hurt Your Leadership. Kind of an interesting topic. The author is Dan Ryland. You can find this article at transformtheglobe.com, danryland.com, and many other places. But we already addressed the first seven. We're going to continue with those and talk about eight through 14. Remember, these are things that will hurt your leadership if they're done over time. This is kind of a, a physical, a checkup that we could say, all right, in our leadership, are we being effective? Let's dive in.
3: Well, and I think it's important to remember that it is that context. And Chelsea reminded us of that last time that when you're doing a checkup, he's got 14 things, but that doesn't mean all 14 are something that needs to change. It might be that even as you look through these, you're like, I'm doing that pretty good. You know, like, and so it's, it's not like, Hey, let's just tweak everything we did. more we're terrible leaders. And, um, you know, it's the things that you read and you're like, Oh, that is something that really sticks out to me. Those would be the things that mm-hmm. we would say intentionally spend some time working on this.
1: That's good. So again, let's highlight a few of these. We don't have to go through every one, but what would you like to, to bring attention to from eight to, to 14?
3: One of the ones that got, um, my attention very easily because I've seen it in my own leadership is just the no longer learning when you are a leader and you're no longer learning Mm -hmm. and you just think you've reached the top Mm -hmm. of everything that you need to know. And um, I think there's a lot of people, especially in ministry and pastoring um, that just think, well, I've, Gone to seminary, or I have a degree, or I've finished the Bible college, or whatever it is, and there's no formal learning that's taking place anymore. Um, sometimes it comes through formal learning, but sometimes it comes through just being intentional about the books that you're reading, um, or the articles that you're reading, or like this podcast of constantly adding to your knowledge fun so facts. that you. Fun facts <laughs> like Chelsea's so much better <laughs> leader because she knows fun facts. We're so sure, um, better
1: leaders because we know all this stuff.
3: But to me, I think that's, it's really important. And as I've even seen in my own realms of leadership, being able to grow, I've been thirsty for that knowledge. Like Mm -hmm. when I start getting into areas of urban ministry, we've only been doing that for six years. And I just remember thinking, I need education. And now it's like, I can't get enough because there's so much that as I step into bigger areas of it's like, oh, but I need to understand this. No, but I need to understand this. And I think that a good leader is constantly looking to see the resources that they can put in themselves. And um, maybe just a plug for our regional resources is our seminary system does have pastoral, uh, like continuing education units, both from the United States and Canada offer it for our English speakers. And then um, Send Us in Costa Rica offers it for our Spanish speakers. And so we do believe in that as a denomination, even of our our pastors staying current and up to date mm-hmm. with the things that they're learning.
1: That's good. What's another one?
3: So another one that stood out to me is
2: leading with a scarcity mentality or mindset. Um, I recently saw this back in December. We had a Christmas party at our house. We do this annual Christmas party. Yeah, we do this every year. It's become
4: annual. Yeah, we've been doing it
2: since we've been married. We started with two people. Now we had 30. Whoa. So (laughs) (laughs) it's grown a little bit. Multiplication. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the... The way that we did it this year is we we make a ton of sugar cookies and we lay them out on the table with a bunch of icing and let people decorate them. And what's cool about doing that here is um, sugar cookie decorating is actually not really a thing in Dominican culture. And at so all. the first year we did it, it was pretty funny because I laid out the cookies and put the icing on the table, which it was just the spread icing, not royal icing. Mm. And they kind of just looked at it like, what am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) And so the next year we had like taught, I had to like show them how to ice a cookie. The next year they, we made royal icing, but not like with the decorative bags. And so they, they were like, I don't know how to do this. But the only thing that they could process was that they turned it into a speed competition. Of like how fast you could put icing on your cookie, I guess, I don't know, with sprinkles. (laughs) And so like we went through the cookies super fast, obviously. You have teenagers with speed cookies. Um, so this last year, our third year here in the DR doing this, we kind of um, put limits on it. So the we we told everybody you can have four cookies. We did the math. And we had already like put the icing in like the decorative squeeze bags and, and laid it all out more, more efficiently. I was thinking this will slow them down a little bit. And we kind of explained, do you want to make it pretty? but like and the way we have it set up there's games and there's hot chocolate so it's not like you all have to decorate your cookies right then but that was the mentality was that we were going to run out of cookies or we were going to run out of icing and so they mobbed the table and we were done decorating cookies in less than 10 minutes
0: right really (laughs)
2: and we're talking 30 people decorating four cookies each so if you i mean that should have taken a long time. 30 to 45 minutes at least. But when they had this mentality that something was gonna run out, they had mm-hmm. to do it as fast as possible. So the cookies weren't pretty and mm-hmm. um not to bash any of the like,
1: <laughs> Dominicans listening. Some of them were listening at a very They offended. were beautiful,
2: yeah. Esteban. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, but it it was just interesting like the the mentality that that brought to the party and even that aspect of the party of of like letting them know that there was enough um i think next year we will try to like explain the point of this is to to take your time there is plenty for everyone in fact it was such this mentality of like there's not enough we had done the math so that there would be leftovers But there were no leftovers because once they realized that everybody had done their four, they realized there were extra cookies on the table and they went back and grabbed them all um, because they wanted more. And so when we lead with this scarcity mentality, we're like, it's almost detrimental to outside people looking into our Mm -hmm. leadership because we're grabbing resources as fast as we can Which makes us look stingy and um, maybe we're not seeing the outside people that I got one cookie this year and (laughs) I was supposed to get four. Actually, I was supposed to have more because there should have been leftovers. But so they didn't even notice that I didn't get my cookies. Um, because they were so busy trying to take care of themselves. You
1: shared this to tell us you didn't get any cookies. Yes. yes.
2: Basically, <laughs> I'm telling you the story so that all of you will mail me your cookies. <laughs> yes. Mail cookies too. No. Also, I need better icing recipes. So, <laughs> let me know.
1: so, obviously, excellent story that causes us to think about leadership. I mean, think about the difference between hoarding or consuming mm-hmm. versus being generous. Uh, I know as we were talking before this episode, both AJ and Emily, you kind of thought about this as well. Scarcity. Like, have you seen this in the church at all?
0: Yeah, I think along a similar line is operating in survival mode. I think those two could kind of go hand in hand. And I understand that sometimes, like, you have to operate in survival mode because you are trying to survive, um, <laughs> maybe as a community or as a as a startup church. Um But I think staying in that mentality is a a quick way to stunt the growth. Um, There's also this idea that I've seen that the church needs more things. It needs to be like the building needs to be bigger. It needs to have more lights or more chairs or more whatever it is. Um, Kind of like you mentioned, like this hoarding mentality. And I don't think that's helpful for the kingdom of God either or the community that we're serving, because again, once we start hoarding things or saying we need a three-story building in this tiny, impoverished town, you know what is that going to say about the church so that they're that they're rich and they only think about themselves hmm. um, and not so much the community? So I think there's a huge downside to to that mentality as well.
3: Yeah, I think you have to maintain balance and thinking about a. Um, article I've recently seen um, about a church that we have in Costa Rica in Boas, and they saw a very open uh, a harvest field for ministry to children in their community, and they invested a lot of time and money and space um, into creating like a play place for children uh, to come from their community. And even when I read it, I thought, You know, that that seems it probably was a very large investment of money, you know, and sometimes you would think, oh, well, why did they even think that in the first place? But it's because their leadership said we see a need. We know how we can meet a need and we need to lead towards that. And um, God provided the resources and God provided the people that are now a part of the um, child care community, you know, of their church. And um, so it's not being like, oh, well, that idea is too big. You know, there's never and that idea is too big uh, when you're leading with a, a mindset that is not a scarcity mentality. Some
1: people from the USA or Canada that might be listening to this would say, oh, that seems pretty normal. I mean, a mm-hmm. you know, play place or a playground yeah. or whatever. But for our region, yeah, that's a huge investment right. and pretty mm-hmm. radical, actually. Mm-hmm. So what about this one? It's, it seems a little confusing. The author, Dan Ryland, says dreaming big but executing small. What does that mean? What did you understand?
4: Well, for me, it talks a lot to my life because, um, as a youth leader, I have big dreams for the youth. Um, for example, and sometimes we dream, we dream so big, but then we don't, we don't do anything. It doesn't happen anything. So uh, I feel like uh, a part of this, it is because we have fear of failure. Um, and there is a saying, Uh, the higher you climb the more painful the fall will be so i think Hmm. that's why
3: Hmm.
4: Um, we are afraid of falling from a very high level Hmm. and we think it is less painful if the fall are simple stumbles
1: okay Hmm. so just off like a one step
4: exactly like it is we don't have too much to lose but i think it is stupid because we already said before some uh, episodes before that we have the holy spirit within us that is going to give us the power so um and also he says in his word uh, in Isaiah 41 do not fear because i am with you do not be distressed because i'm your god and i will strengthen you and help you and i will support you with my victorious right Ooh. hand and also this one is just is just two for me joshua 1 9 I have already ordered it. it. It is an order. Be strong and brave. It is like, hmm. you nutty little piece of human, be <laughs> strong and be brave. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the Lord, your God, will accompany you wherever you go. Hmm. So it's like, why are you afraid if I'm gonna be with you? Yes. What do you have to lose? Your insecurities try to maybe alter you and you know you've been made for more for more mm. than this. So don't be afraid to move. Don't be afraid to walk because I'm going to be with you. I order you to be strong and to be brave. Mm. So I think it is a lesson for me.
1: This yeah. one really hits me because mm. I have such big dreams. We talk about it over lunch, Emily and I. We we talk with all all of you at different points. Oh, these are the dreams for our region and these are... These are different things, but I play it safe a lot, mm-hmm. you know, I really do. And I blame it on, well, I'm not the decision maker anyway. I mean, I have a regional director and, I, you know, and I can't really influence all the change that I want. And there's a, there are a lot of excuses to not step out in faith, to mm-hmm. not think big, you know, or or to act big. I mean, that's why that's why it hits me. Dream big. Oh, I'm good. I'm good at that. Mm-hmm. I feel great. Mm-hmm. Execute small. Ugh. You know, that's what I do sometimes
3: when I think in the position of I can think of some leadership um, situations that I've been in, that I've been the person on the receiving end of the executing small. And I think we all can think about leaders that like are really good about uh, throwing out the huge vision and inspiring and being like, this is what we're going to do in the next five years or 10 years. But then it's like. What are you doing to get there? You know, like a, 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 mm-hmm. you're not doing anything to get there. So it, you just become all about talk and then people stop believing you because you're not doing anything. And it just creates a spiral mm-hmm. of like, so you can dream big. But if you've not created anything to put in place, like reaching those dreams, then it's it just becomes talk. Mm-hmm. And those types of leaders lose a lot of respect very, very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah.
2: me. We were recently just looking into goal planning for, for us and for our ministry, and even just for our family, AJ does not like it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so like, that's a caveat, but I love it. It's like taking these big ideas, but breaking them down into bite-sized mm-hmm. chunks that are attainable day to day. So that your big picture is achieved. That God the, bless
1: you, by the way, because I'm not good at that,
2: <laughs> right? I'm not good at it. But I, I think that's something that our leadership and our church could um, benefit from is yes. like if we see this five year plan, that's awesome. But for a lot of people, their day to day, that is overwhelming. If I look at Joe Schmo, who's just your average layperson in the congregation, I'm like, in five years, we're going to plant 150 churches. They're like, what? I got a day job. I got kids at home. What do you want me to do? And but if we just said today, your goal to meet that is to pray. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that's a lot more doable. And so I think this all in this wrapped up is like communicating the simplicity of your big goal. Hmm. So not acting small, but communicating Effectively, I guess Mm
1: -hmm. the final one for me hit me. Well, it's operating without margin or Mm -hmm. time not scheduled and maybe in a different way for me. Recently, I was reading a devotion online from a friend, uh, someone that I know within our, our church, and I just was reading it and I was like, this is brilliant. And yet I knew this person is a senior pastor of a church of of 800 and also is a professor, you know, at, at a university and has been invited to travel and has been do, and she's writing devotions, devotionals. And I just felt like I need to step it up like I need to, in my life to just make a bigger difference. And I think comparison with other people but also, the mission that I see, the needs around me, those two things tempt me and say, You need to use all of your time for the mission, you know? Hmm. And we've talked in other episodes about Sabbath. We now understand that resting family time helps the mission, yeah. but I still fill up the margin. I fill up all of the the paper. I mean, he uses the margin, right? Fill up all of the paper. And have you ever seen one of those, one of those actual papers that has no margin and it's there's writing on the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's hard to really read. Uh, I remember when our, our professor would say you can fit anything you can study for this final exam, but you can fit on a, on a note card. Anything you want for any notes to take this exam, but it has to be a three and a half by five note card. And so we're writing in every corner and everything. And I I still remember like taking it to the exam and I'm like, I don't even remember. Like, I can't even read this. Like, Mm -hmm. and I feel like my life is like that sometimes, you know. I don't know if that one also that you guys deal with uh, or if it's just me. But
3: I think anybody in leadership will chronically deal with that. Mm -hmm. And I've felt that um, we need to even be careful with it because I feel like there's a lot that's starting to come out in the church of self care and taking time for myself. And um, just recently I was uh, Scott and I even had a conversation about like the Biblical pattern is one day of rest, and we're starting to say, (laughs) well, the weekend is two days, so I have two days that I'm not doing anything. And then after five, all of that time is for myself, too. And like, I feel like maybe we're starting to swing to the other side, you know? And so I think it's a balance for sure. But in leadership, you can find that you're taking on all of the tasks and not creating that. I think it is easier for somebody in church leadership to be like, I'm just going to go, go 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 because the mission doesn't stop and we have talked about that before but i've found in my own mind in my own spirit of allowing myself to like feel when there's a red flag you know and are we hearing it too much are we getting too comfortable Mm -hmm. are we resting too much are Mm -hmm. we not doing what we're supposed to do anymore because we're taking care of ourselves Mm -hmm. so much so i just think it's it's an interesting balance to to consider and to think about and i don't have any any resources or anything, but I, I do find myself thinking about it a lot nowadays.
1: Even the word you used was balance, finding yeah. that balance.
3: I think a big piece for us in leadership
2: in the church specifically, mm-hmm. not just leadership in general, is the difference of that margin. Are we filling that time with self care yeah. or are we filling that time with like spiritual rejuvenation? Right. Because yeah. to me, that's that's what sets us apart, right? Like the the Israelites, when they talked about Sabbath, Or even like times of like the festivals and stuff where they would still rest is like they were people of God Mm -hmm. and they would take that time to worship. And so it wasn't just that they were sleeping for an entire day or even just like taking a bubble bath for the entire day. Mm -hmm. It was they were intentionally reconnecting with God because God is the one that fills our spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important in this aspect of this, the margin might not be empty. Empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be filled with spiritual things.
1: Yeah.
2: That are connecting you to God. That's good.
1: Mm. That's
2: good.
1: That is good. Mm-hmm. Wow. So these are really good. I'm going to read these last seven. Remember the uh, article from Dan Ryland. The title is "14 Point Checkup for Mistakes That Will Hurt Your Leadership." And we kind of divided it in two episodes. So the last seven are these: under prioritizing the development of leaders. Again, we didn't talk about all of these, but these are super important. Dreaming big, but executing small. Leading with a scarcity mindset. Winging it instead of being thoroughly prepared. (laughs) Oh, man. Judgmental, resentful, or holding grudges. No longer learning. Emily let us off with that one. And operating without margin. These are things that probably you're not... Terrible at all of these, I hope, Um, but there may be one or two. In fact, that's what the author says, and we would say, think about maybe one or two that in this next month you would say, let's focus on that. This could dilute the effectiveness of my entire leadership if one or two of these really take hold, you know? So any final thoughts before we sign off? No? Well, then I'm going to ask Emily, how can people get a hold of us and kind of just Continue this conversation.
3: If you want to communicate with us the best way is through the Worthless Servants podcast Facebook page. Um, If you want to hear many, many episodes, you can go to Mesoamericagenesis.org. Look for the podcast tab. And we've recently put all of the episodes on Spotify as well. So if you would like to dig back into the archives of almost two years of doing this now, um, you can find everything in those places.
1: I think this is episode 76.
3: Wow. We're going to start planning this, the centennial. Yeah, yeah, that will be in several months. Oh, but. no, we're going to need like coffee mugs or something. That's
1: yes, great. that's true. <laughs> yeah. tell, tell us what you'd like us to get for that. Now, it's going to be, you know, warning, it's going to be about, you know, eight months from now. But still, uh, <laughs> let us know what you think. So uh, we are the Worthless Servants. I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm AJ Fry.
3: I'm Emily Armstrong. I'm
4: Natalie Franco. And I'm Chelsea Fry.
1: And we will talk with you next time.
0: For more information, visit us on Facebook or at mesoamericagenesis.org.